ask the Lord's blessing on his word as we hear it this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. We know it is truth. We're thankful for for what it shows us about confessing Christ. And as we hear it this morning, feed us and nourish us with the work of your Son. Help us to receive it in faith and in this way to grow in grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, this morning we're, we're listening to God's Word and we're reflecting upon what it means to confess Christ. And this reality of, of confessing Christ means that we're under construction. You know, we're getting ready for the church rebuild. You can see this in the offices, the library that has been removed. The, the things are taken off the wall and, and we're reminded of the rebuild. And first there's going to be the demolition, but we look forward to the time of, of construction. And we will look forward to that time when the construction signs go up and it says construction site. Well, this morning what we are witnessing in the profession of faith, but what we're witnessing as well in the the preaching of God's Word is the fact that, that Christ is building His church. Now we have God's Word directing us to see the blessing, the blessing of what He is doing. Like a work-safe sign plastered at the entrance of a construction site, identifying hazards, while God's Word identifies for us the blessings. The blessings of, of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. But also for us, the blessings of, of the wonder of recognizing how He is active among us. He is active within His church, working through His Spirit and His Word to bring life. Life to those who were dead in their trespasses and sins. This is the place where Christ is working to rescue and save sinners such as you and me. This is what that statement of of Peter recognizes and represents for us. Confessing Christ. Jesus says, as you confess Christ, I will build my church. A magnificent construction sign. Confessing Christ. A declaration of His construction. As we consider what God's Word is teaching this morning, I'd like us to look at three things. First of all, the statement that is made. Secondly, the the source of this statement. And thirdly, the success of this statement. So the the statement, the source, and the success. The statement is very straightforward. Jesus asks, who are people saying that I am? And Peter says, Simon Peter replies, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's a simple, straightforward statement. But, but we need to recognize that, that Peter is not simply saying, well, Jesus, I know your name. 
That's the challenge. You, you, you come to a new place. When, when we went to P&G and we, we came to the churches, everybody wants to tell us their name. And you, you come here to a church and, and it's getting to know people's names. And that's part of it. But there's, there's so much more involved, isn't there? There's, there's understanding people's characters. It's, it's getting to know their connections. It's not just a, a matter of, of memorizing a list of names, but it's getting to know the people. That's been the, the privilege and, and the blessing of, of having these, these young adults in, in a profession of faith class that, that I could get to know them and, and hear of their story and of their journey, how, how the Lord has, has brought them to this point. And so what Peter is saying, the statement that Peter is giving is, is not just a, a name identification it's Jesus asking do you do you really know who I am not just my name but do you understand and and Peter says yes you are the Christ the son of the living God the Christ he says the Christ means the anointed one he's the the Messiah the one who who has been appointed by God from from eternity to to offer himself as a sacrifice for sinners Come, thou long-expected Jesus. We'll sing that with the, the coming of Christmas. Here is the long-expected Savior, the one who was, who was promised in Genesis 3.15 after Adam and Eve had, had horribly distorted and destroyed everything by, by their sin and disobedience. God promised there's a seed that is coming who will overcome sin and Satan. You are the Christ. You are the one appointed and anointed by God to be the Savior of sinners. You are the Christ. But then Peter says, the Son of the living God, reminding us that that there's divine origin here, a unique provision of God, that that God comes to man. God takes to Himself a human nature and He he walks and talks and, and lives amongst sinners. The holy God the God who is, who is just from all eternity comes to dwell. And here is the presence of God, the Son of the living God. Here's the wonder of this statement that, that, that Christ is building this church with this statement. We are a, a confessing community. That, and above all, our, our confession needs to be to the world that, that we know who the Christ is and what He has done. We, we know who the One is that can, can save from sins and provide atonement and, and reconcile us to God. That every one of us needs a Savior, a substitute to deliver us. We need the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ builds His church with this statement. This is a tremendous work that is being recognized. It's, it's so easy to say, but it's so important for us to understand the significance and the meaning of this as these young adults and any who have professed their faith have recognized this commitment. That this Savior isn't just some Savior in general. It's not like if you're sick, you're, you're just going to the doctor. But it's 
your doctor, your Savior, with a personal relationship with Him. A statement that I, I look to you as my appointed Messiah. The one who rescues me from my sins. And that's what knits us together as a confessing community. Not because we, we are all so much like each other or have the same traditions as each other or the same genealogy as each other or the same ethnicity. No. But we all recognize the wonder of this statement. That we confess Christ. You are. You are the Son of the living God. And so there's this glorious statement, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But Jesus teaches us, secondly, the, the source of this confession, that, that it, it doesn't just happen. It has come by the work of the Father. Jesus says this to Peter. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. There's the divine gift, the divine origin of, of the realization. Here is the source, that it hasn't come. We need to see this clearly and recognize that this morning. With the eyes of faith, we need to, to consider the, the significance of this confession. Here in the church of Jesus Christ, here in the worship of our God, we are in the workshop of the Holy Spirit. We're in the construction zone of the Holy Spirit. And, and it is God's work. It doesn't come by, by just education. The point of the sermon is, is not just to teach us a whole bunch of new and novel things. It doesn't come by tradition. We, we don't have a sermon because this is what the church has always done and we're kind of stuck on this point. It comes because God's Word identifies that, that the Spirit will use the preaching of the Gospel and the, the preaching of the work of Jesus Christ to, to save our souls and, and that God is actually doing something among us. Jesus tells Peter and He's telling us, if you know this, if you know Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, if you believe this, if you express this, you've received this as a gift. It's been a gift of grace. It's come not by flesh and blood. It's come from the Father in heaven. And it's by the Father in heaven that you, you who believe in Jesus Christ, have received the adoption as sons. John in his gospel account says it this way, but as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right, he gave it, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, again, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Oh, how tremendous is this work. We see this in the lives of those professing their faith before us this morning. Different paths on their journey that God has brought them on their way to this point this morning where they could say before God and His people, I know, 
I know and I'm committed to Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now this doesn't come by our endeavor. It's come by the Spirit's operation. It's the Father. The Father who has brought you here this morning. That's the wonder. The source of this confession gives us confidence in this way that Christ is building His church. The triune God is working. The Father in revealing the Son. The Son in securing salvation in the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is using the, the preaching of the Gospel and He's using the sacrament to, to bring faith and to build faith. And faith is, is not just a, a feeling that falls upon us. It's, it's a knowledge and a confidence and a wholehearted trust. A focus upon Jesus Christ and say, He is my life. I am united and connected with Him. He's the one to whom I belong. All of this is in that confession. I know Christ. I am assured that He is working to accomplish my salvation. I trust Him to work in my life. And that work isn't finished yet. God is going to take you through life and He's going to show you the preciousness of that confession. I trust Him to work in my life, to redeem me, to purify me, to sanctify me, to sustain me. On this confession of Christ, as it is a statement that, that comes from the Father, that it recognizes the identity of the Son, will be effective. And thirdly, so that's what we consider the success. Jesus says it this way, I will, not I may, not I probably, I will build my church. But remember what Jesus is preparing for? He's preparing for His crucifixion and death. He warns His disciples of this. He begins to teach them that, that you, you want to see the success of the church. You want to see the success of the ministry of Jesus Christ. You want to see the success of, of the kingdom of God. You're going to see it in the cross. And Peter, Peter this one who, who has made this glorious confession, is this seems, seems so twisted, so distorted. He says, oh no, Jesus, not like that. But Jesus says, yes, it must be like that. Any other way is away from Satan. It, it, it must be like this because this is the Father's design. It's a spiritual form of construction that with the eyes of flesh, without looking by faith, without trusting God's Word, it's going to look like demolition. Christ says, for me to build the church, for me to secure the kingdom of God, for me to be successful, for you to thrive in this confession, it might look like demolition. If anyone would, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus isn't calling us to the easy path and it seems like it's going to destroy us. But Christ says, be assured, the success 
is in what I will accomplish. I will build my church. And so if this is what Jesus does, this is what we do when we belong to Jesus. I need to die to my old self. I need to crucify that old nature. I need to die in order that I might be raised again with Christ. This is the wonder of being born again, but then it continues to grow and mature in sanctification. In constant, daily, turning again to God and, and laying ourselves open before Him and saying, Lord, You do Your work in my life. That work that You've started, let it come to completion. Let me forsake everything because my soul is so secure with You. Lord, be successful in my life through the fires of refinement, through the suffering, which the world regards as demolition. But in Your powerful, omnipotent, gracious, and good hands will be successful. There's something beautiful in the illustration of the stage we're at in our congregation. Next month, this building will begin to be torn down. Because we have a plan to rebuild. And we know we need the Lord's blessing upon that plan. That is not going to come by our might. But there's, there's an illustration of what, what God has, has called us to in His Word. Who would, who would willfully surrender themselves to the, the heavy hand of, of struggle and cir- circumstances, of, of suffering and, and struggle in life, of, of denying myself and taking up, placing our souls on the electric chair of execution in commitment to Christ, abandoning everything, all my desires, all my delights, all that I know, and know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Who would do that if they weren't assured that God has a plan? And that plan is not only the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, but His resurrection from the dead. So that Jesus could say, even as I have to undergo this, truly I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. He is going to accomplish His purpose. There will be success. And here is the construction zone in which Christ is building His church. Not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit. He brings us to this confession, the statement of commitment to Christ, caused by the Father, guaranteed to expose and overthrow all the control of Satan. It's construction through a confession. A declaration that is spiritually successful and able to overcome and overthrow all the powers 
of hell. For all who have professed their faith, not only this morning, but in times past, for those who are called to it this morning through the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is a commitment to the great builder, the great architect of our faith, to confess his Son. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, you're blessed. You're blessed to confess that. It hasn't come by flesh and blood. It's come by the Father. The success will be found when everything else is eroded and taken from you. You will see that that confession will carry you through to eternity. Because that's the Father's plan. Confessing Christ as the construction zone of the Spirit's operation. Amen. Let's pray.